Uh, I don't know about you, but I had a, a front row seat to communion just now, and I was very impressed. I think you all, um, you know how MoDOT on the side of the road has those zipper merge ahead signs, you know? You guys could give a clinic to every driver in the state on how to very politely let people go in front of you and wait your turn. I was, I was very impressed. But um, no, it, in all seriousness, we, we've talked already this morning, it's been mentioned about being a family. And every time we gather and share the Lord's Supper, I'm reminded about being God's family um, that comes together. And of course, as, as a family, we're committed to love each other, uh, but we don't always agree with each other. And as we come together again in one service on a Sunday morning, um, I, I just want to say a few things. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm very appreciative of how our church leadership has, has handled this. Um, they gave us all the opportunity to, to voice our thoughts, to give our opinions. They heard each one of us that took time to, sh- to share that. Um, they let us know that about 80% of us felt like at this season and this time of the church's life, it's, it's best for us to come together for one, one service. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, the other part of that is that probably none of us got out of this, if you will, what we would really prefer. Probably some of us, 9 o'clock isn't, isn't the best time for our schedule. Or there are a lot of comments made about, you know, this, I, I'm, I'm concerned or, or the worship music style that I, I prefer. Um, I, I might miss out on that a little bit. And, and those, those are obviously valid comments. I, I had the same ones. Um, but this is a great reminder that this time isn't about us. It's a time for us to come together as God's family and, and worship God together, um, listen to what God has to say to us. So, so I, I'm thankful for that reminder as well. Um, and, and then um, with that all in mind, I do want to point out, you know, with this being the first Sunday of October, you may know what October is when it comes to church life. And that's Pastor Appreciation Month. And I, not, no, 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 not for me. Seriously, not for me. <laughs> you'll see, you'll see this, this list of names in front of you. And I'm very serious about this. You know, th- there's no doubt this has been a challenging cha- time in the season of our church. Um, Melissa being the one um, permanent person, full-time. The rest of us just trying to, to not let things fall off too, too far. But... I do want to take a moment to point out, please, sometime this month, let those people on that screen, let them know you appreciate them. Do something, just a note, a call, whatever it might be, a hug for those that like to be hugged, um, but let them know you appreciate what they are doing for our family that comes together and, and is, continues to serve. And with that in mind, um, I'm, I wasn't planning on this, but those that are here, stand up, that are on this list, stand up, stand up, we're going to clap for you, we really appreciate you. Thank you all. Okay, so, and, and with those things I've just said, I also want to talk about, you know, as, as we are continuing to focus on being drawn to Jesus, as people, you know, that have chosen to follow Jesus and in thinking about what attracts people to Jesus today, all the things I've just talked about are, are things that are characteristics of a church 
is as attractive to people. A church that's honest and, and open when it makes decisions. A church that comes together to, to focus on God rather than focus on ourselves. A church that encourages each other and supports each other. So uh, I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of this congregation. Um, the last few weeks, we've looked at some passages uh, in Luke, uh, specifically Luke 15 and 16, and, and looked at some stories about what attracted to people years and years ago. Today, we're going to backtrack a little bit and look at, look at Luke chapter 7 and um, rewind a little bit in, earlier in Jesus' ministry. And I appreciate Melissa for going ahead and getting that started with the verses she read earlier and just to recap, you know, there are, there are two situations that Melissa read about in, in those first verses of Luke chapter 7. And as we go through these, we're going to look at four different people and four different encounters that they had with Jesus. And I invite you to think along with me. What was it, perhaps, probably multiple things in some cases, but what was it that attracted those people to Jesus? What drew them to him? What was it that helped them navigate their faith journey at that time? And at the end of the service, um, I'm going to ask for, for your input in, in a kind of a non-threatening, easy way. But be, be thinking about that throughout this service. What is it that attracted people to Jesus back then and, and that still might today? So in the scripture reading, the, the story starts with a, a centurion, a professional Roman soldier, a soldier that was in charge of a lot of other soldiers. He wasn't a Jew. He really should have no ties to Jesus whatsoever. But there was something about Jesus and about this centurion's faith that when the centurion had a time of need, when somebody he cared about was in trouble, he turned to Jesus. And, And Jesus goes on and talks about the faith that this centurion man had. And I, I, I find that fascinating. I, I wonder, I would love to know more about this centurion. Was it something about his upbringing that, that placed within him some sort of faith? Um, he was a man of humility to, to turn to a Jew who, again, he should not have any relationship with in Jesus. But, but for, for this centurion, it seemed to be a, a true matter of faith, a, a, a belief that this man, Jesus, could help me. Uh, I think that's very significant. Then, moving on from that story to to a different kind of of encounter, Jesus goes to another town and and just kind of walks into, stumbles into a a funeral procession. And in this funeral procession, we see a woman um, who is in the worst possible situation you could be for a woman of her time. We know that she's a widow, So her husband is no longer with her. And we know that her only son had just died. And unfortunately, of course, in that time, women had no rights, had nothing if there wasn't a man to to basically be in their life. And she had lost all of that. And it's interesting to me, in in that encounter, you know, she, she, she doesn't seek Jesus out, but Jesus shows up in her situation. And, and really her, her desperation. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that where you don't know where to turn, don't know who to call, what to ask, what to do. You're just almost paralyzed. 
by the circumstance. And I feel like that's how that woman was in this situation. But despite that, Jesus showed up and, and he brought healing out of death, brought new life out of death, brought hope out of a hopeless situation. And, and you know, he, he was incredibly impactful in her life with, without really even knowing what she needed, perhaps. So those are the first two encounters that we've already heard about. We're going to, to continue in Luke chapter 7, and I'm going to start reading in verse 36. And again, think about these, these people and how they're drawn to Jesus. Starting in verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him in saw it, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, She has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven, loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So in this section, we we see two more lives, two more people that that are attracted to Jesus in different ways. Um, Unlike the the stories we've read in past weeks, later in Luke, when Pharisees showed up, the Pharisees had it in for Jesus. They were trying to trap him in a corner, catch him in his words, find out any way they could to, to uh, bring shame upon him, ultimately kill him. In this scenario, in, in this story, the Pharisee Simon seems to sincerely be trying to figure out who is this man Jesus and what is he about. Um, it, and kind of like in a scenario, if, if you... would like to get to know somebody better, whether as a a date or somebody moves into your neighborhood and you're curious about them, why don't you come over for dinner? Let's get together for dinner. I want to get to know you better. And that's how Simon approached this. And that's one of the things. Sometimes in life, there's there's a curiosity, a a desire to just find out more. I've, I've heard things about this Jesus, 
but I want to know for myself. I want to investigate for myself. And that's, that's what attracted Simon, the Pharisee, in this story. And then an unknown, an uninvited guest shows up. Um, don't know much about this woman. We don't even know her name. But we can see, we can obviously read between the lines and see that something profound has happened in her life. Maybe it, Jesus did something for her. Maybe for someone she loved, but in some way, somewhere in the past, Jesus has stepped into her life and done something remarkable because she is led to just make a scene in, in her, her desire to thank Jesus and her expression of gratitude. Um, she can't control her emotions, uh, the, the, the tears as they flow from her eyes. Um, she... she does that in, in, in that act of gratitude and thankfulness. She, she brings ointment and, and rubs it on Jesus' feet. And it, it makes me think a little bit uh, in my own life, okay, Todd, when, when is the last time that, that your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus has led you to, to just be so grateful and, and express your thanks in, in such a profound way? Um, and I'm not a, a very emotional person. Those moments are few and far between. Um, but, but they happen. Um, and I, I think it's so powerful for me. Uh, verse 47 is so significant. As, as Jesus is using this moment to, to acknowledge the woman's gratefulness and point out to Simon what Simon really needs to know about, about Jesus, um, Jesus said, you know, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love, but the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. As we move toward the, the conclusion of, of the sermon, I, I hope I can say the words of what I want to try to convey here. Um, you know, none of us wants to be um, stuck in sin, or none of us w desire to be sinful people. But this, this, this reality is so, so powerful. This, this reality that when something happens in our lives, either by our own choice or, or just whatever it might be, that, that, that we, are, we realize our sin, and perhaps it's, it's, if you will, a big sin, whatever that means to you, such as this woman had experienced. And we get to a place where we can understand the immense forgiveness and unconditional love that God has for us. It is amazing how that opens the door in our relationship with God and the amount of gratitude, just like this woman showed in, in her situation, how that pours out of us in a, in a way that we might not have thought of before. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second, but I'm going to try something different to, to close this sermon. Um, I'm going to ask for you to, to participate with me in an in a online, confidential, anonymous kind of survey kind of thing. So if you have a, an electronic device, if you're watching on home, I invite you to try to scan this code or go to this website, minty.com, and go ahead and do that. You're, you're, I'm, I'm asking you to do that. You won't be offended by getting your phone out. I won't think you're playing words with friends or anything like that. But... 
the, the idea here is I want to see what us as a congregation feel like when we think about this question. What do you think attracts people to Jesus today? When you go here, um, you'll be able to um, type in a word or a few words that, that answer that question. And as we do this together, part of being a family is, is looking around and seeing somebody struggling with their phone to find it or to see somebody that maybe doesn't have a phone with them. And if you have that chance to offer um, to, to give them this opportunity, please do that. Um, if, if you just can't figure it out after the service, I'll be happy to help you with this. But what this does is this going to put our thoughts, all of the words we type in, it's going to create a word cloud. And next week, we're going to talk about that together as, as part of next week's sermon. So please take a few minutes. This will be open all day long, but I invite you to do it before you leave this room if possible today. But on this, this thought of the things that attract us to Jesus and the things that really make our relationship with God real, um, that idea of those who have, have um, been forgiven much, love much. Now, I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable with you today. I, for years and years and years, I didn't comprehend that. It was a verse in the Bible that made sense to me but it was never, never real to me. I, I was blessed, I guess, if you will, to, to live a really pretty straight-laced life. Um, as anyone, I, I was sin, sinful in my own little safe sins, you know, kind of thing. But uh, several years back, I, I fell into a bit habitual sin that only I knew about and God knew about. And it was something tried to get rid of, talked to God about it a lot, prayed about it a lot, just couldn't shake it, couldn't get rid of it. Only I knew about it, and God knew about it. But as time went on, and, and the months and years passed, I realized that this um, was, was something that was obviously getting, um, d- dividing my relationship with God. I wasn't able to have the relationship with God that I desired. Um, even more real every day. I wasn't able to be the, the, have the relationship with my wife or anybody else I wanted to be honest with because I had this secret that I guarded and, and kept, kept to the side. And finally, as I, I kept talking to God about this. I, I, it came to the final point, Todd, you got you to talk to Carolyn about this. You need to be honest. You need to, to, to be honest and, and confess what's going on and, and just get it out in the open. And I remember I, that, that day, I finally had enough guts to say, Carolyn, I got something I got to talk to you about. And when I did that, and the grace that she helped me see, not only from herself, but from God, I finally, I got, I got a much better sense. I had a personal understanding of what it means to be forgiven much and then love much. And I don't know, you know, all of you, your life, and your situation, but if, if you're in that spot today where forgiveness is something that, that you're seeking or, or you have something going on in your life, um, I encourage you after the service, I'm happy to talk with myself, Melissa, anyone, but understand that Jesus, that our God, is the God that takes that, forgives that, and allows us to move forward in life in a way that we, we just don't get to otherwise.
So I, I, I share that good, with, good news with you as an encouragement. So with that said, let's turn to God in prayer at this time. Lord God, we thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for allowing us to, to come to you as we share the Lord's Supper together. Thank you for allowing us to connect with you um, through your word and these stories of, of how people connected with Jesus and, and in helping us to think about what it attracts us and other people to Jesus today. Lord, we're so thankful that instead of pointing your finger at us and giving up on us, you, you want us to turn to you. You want us to give us forgiveness and peace. And you want to be with us every day and help us through this challenging life. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.